Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Cloud. Morning, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm good, Felipe. How are you doing? I'm doing. I say morning, but no, I don't know what time people are listening to us, right? So <laughs> maybe true. afternoon. Our vast international audience. This could be the afternoon. This could be the afternoon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So. So today we have another special guest, a very special guest, Haley Wu. So Haley, how are you? Good. How's everyone? Doing all right. Thank you. So Haley is a uh, also as as I am a cloud solution architect for data and AI, um, and you know we wanted to bring a perspective from someone that is kind of uh, you know now to probably two years in Microsoft a little a little bit more, but she got in Microsoft from the university. Um, so perspective on, on that side of the career and, and I'll let you introduce yourself, Haley, uh, sure. now and go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So as Fulfi said, I'm also a cloud solution architect and focusing on the data and AI platforms, uh, in Azure. Uh, it, it's actually interesting and we can discuss further later on. Uh, I, I joined as a app and infra, uh, technology solution specialist in the first mm -hmm. year. And I'm super interested in data, uh, even back in university. So it's very lucky that uh, like I've been chatting with Kevin and also uh, Jim at the time, who was my manager. Um, so they fully support me and I joined the data team. That's how I get here and uh, super happy now. Wow. Yeah, eventually everybody sees the light, whether you start in apps or infra and you eventually come over to the promised land of data. That was the same journey <laughs> I had as well. So let's, let's, just, let's, let's just lay the land here. Like, so in Microsoft, cloud solution architects are divided into apps and infrastructure and uh, data and, and AI, right? And so, Haley, when you started, you went to that first team, which was the apl applications and infrastructure, which is led uh -huh. by uh, Jim Boyer today. Uh, so that's 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 great. And, and what was your, what's your is your major in, in university? Yeah, so I study um, a, a special program called Business and Computer Science Combined Program cool. uh, at UBC. Cool. Um, and uh, this program, as its name, um, so we got half of the courses majoring in the business uh, school and also other half in the computer science. So I, I would say you get the two sides of the word and the amazing thing is how you can integrate two things together. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's I think the coolest thing is that I can write a business plan, uh, but at the same time, I can also see how we can do the implementation in, in computer science that makes sense and stuff like that. So I really like my program and uh, it, it, like uh, as many people might guess, like a lot of the graduates from my program actually become more of like engineering as they tear into words like uh, computer science or to say uh, they become program manager or project mm -hmm. manager because um, it's kind of like an integration of this, both of the like the planning mm -hmm. part and also the comp side part. Yeah. Did you have aspirations to do either of those or were you, you know, focused on trying something a little bit maybe off the beaten path? Yeah, so <laughs> when I was in kind of even before that, like before I go to university, um, I'm more interested in the marketing area and advertisements. Mm. Um, so my uh, my year one, uh, my internships, I'm so eager into advertise and then I apply for one um, back in China. And I realized everything I did is Excel sheets. <laughs> <laughs> that never changes, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, so so I realized, oh, maybe this is not something I was thinking of. Like marketing is not just about like uh, ideas and innovation. A lot of times it's about what is the best time to put your advertisement, right? And a lot of this can actually be automated by uh, by like AI right now or to say machine right now. So I was wondering, what am I doing sitting there uh, 24 hours with Excel sheets? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I kind of changed gear a little bit. And uh, uh, in on my third year, uh, very luckily, um, UBC has a program uh, called Data Science for Good, and uh, that program is led by um, the master degree and also the doctor degrees uh, of the data science programs in UBC. So I started to work with professors regarding of how to use data science for kind of more social good. And to be honest, that's the first time I get like scikit-learn, whatever, like all those kind of data science word things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel amazed about that. So that's why uh, I started to think about that area and feel like this is something I'm willing to sit 24 hours to like learn about. It's not Excel. It's something that I am happy to do. So Um, that's why I kind of like switch gear and dive deeper into that. That's cool. That's awesome. So you wanted to be creative, and and then you 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 got frustrated, and then you came back to okay, let me take a look back. Maybe I can be creative, creative with technology. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, and I think data science, this, this you know, data science in general. Um, I see a lot of people in the university kind of going that route or or soft engineer, right? And it's something that's really interesting because you can actually apply those skills that you mentioned uh, out mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, go ahead. And when you joined Microsoft, did they tell you that you were joining as a cloud solution architect or is it a lot more? I've never went through a Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Is it a lot more generic or were you said, no, you're going to be a CSA or? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And I think it might be helpful for people who are applying for Microsoft right now uh, in university. So so the, the the hiring process for me was pretty lucky, I would say. So I applied for actually software engineer before for Microsoft. Yeah. And uh, of course, I didn't get that. And But however, my resume got into the pool, right? Um, so in the later of my year four, um, HR reached out. Um, because uh, they were like, oh, your resume really match what we're looking for for technical sales. Uh, thinking back, it, it kind of makes sense because I'm doing a combined program and technical sales needs both aspects some sort of ways. Um, so so they were like, would you be interested to go into your interview? So I actually was not aware of this area of technical sales uh, in my university life. Um, however, this is where I am today. Um, so, so a lot of times when the HR reach out in the in the letter, they will mention that if you get in, you automatically got enrolled into a program. Um, at that time, it, it was called MACH, M-A-C-H, mm-hmm. and now it's got renamed to Aspire. Uh, what it majorly does is that for the younger um, students who just graduated from universities or MBAs or master or PhD, uh, you got automatically into this program. And that what Microsoft aims for is to help you foster into kind of the role that you are in or different roles that you're interested in Microsoft. So it's kind of like a global program that uh, you can meet a lot of different people um, like in other kind of countries who are also like Microsoft uh, newbies. Yeah, that's that's a good program. I can say because I was also in the program, <laughs> but I was in the <laughs> MBA program, which is which is uh, super interesting. So like as as you said, like the the experience is awesome, and and so and it's a, I think it's pretty challenging, right? Like because you are 
coming of course you have the business background uh, because of your you know your universe that has gave you those two skills um, but at the same time you sit in a chair where you need to as we we're talking on the first episode I think Michael the second one like you have to convince or to to you know, understand the customer needs, create a solution, a demo, uh, and, and I was telling Mike as well. I was like, it's not that I just know how to you know use a mouse and talk at the same time. There is more skills around that, right? And what was what were the challenges like? The, really, the challenges that you know, when you, once you first got in, or what you did actually to to ramp up. Let's say, um, if if you remember those those days. Oh, I definitely remember. <laughs> um, so uh, it, the hardest thing I would say is how to ask the right question. Mm -hmm. And uh, even till nowadays, I'm still learning about this uh, because a lot of times you, you need to know the background. Uh, you need to understand like customers' technology, which tend to be even older than my age, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, so like in order to understand those aspects. And then you can kind of think of the questions of saying, how can we support and help them move into the cloud? So that's the hardest part. And I still remember um, the, the first day, the first meeting I have uh, is regarding Azure DevOps. And and uh, because at the time I was the App Infra and, and uh, my mentor is Paul at the time and we went into a meeting. Uh, I was just like <laughs> listening. I was like, oh, what are they talking about? Yes, that's that's about Azure DevOps. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like different what I ha like, have read on the documentation. <laughs> There's a lot of prep, but then when you went into the meeting, uh, you realized a lot of things you, you also haven't expected, right? Uh, like it's TFS, like do you know what is TFS at the time? Well, like I, I don't really know, right? So, um, so it's, I, I would say a lot of time is learning as you go. Um, when you heard something in the in the kind of the meetings, I noted down, and when I came back, I kind of like chat with Paul and other colleagues uh, to, to kind of uh, go through it and read the documents that are available, so that the next time when we have the same discussion, I will be more confident about Azure DevOps. Mm -hmm. That's great. Very good. Yeah, if you to think, you know, oh, sorry, go ahead, please. No, no, go ahead. You go. So your, your favorite thing about the job, so now that you've been in role for a couple of years, you've you know had so many experiences with customers. What, what would you tell someone who is maybe hearing about you know, a cloud solution architect role or a customer engineering role for the first time and maybe not sure about it? You know, what would you tell those prospective uh, employees, you know, what you like about the role, what's good about it, why they should maybe think about it as a career option? Uh -huh. I, I would say um, because technology is changing all the time, so this row, you always have new stuff to learn about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing I like the most uh, because you will never feel tired or boring one day. Um, there's definitely going to be new things that you don't know. Um, even just like from the Power BI perspective, like they update weekly. Like mm -hmm. There's something that you might not be aware of. And when you demo, you realize, oh, there's a new feature, right? Um, not only on a feature perspective, but on a higher scale of saying what Microsoft or overall the industry of the cloud is looking forward, like data governance and stuff like that. It's the new area in, in cloud. And it's very lucky to be in the past of how we are creating more of a like a standardizing uh, the cloud journey or to say the strategy. Uh, so so that you, you are the first person on that path, uh, kind of like that uh, to learn about it so that you can guide others and support others. Yeah. 
Whenever I've been asked, I've always told people, I mean, there's a part of the job, and it sounds somewhat strange, but you get paid relatively good money to just learn (laughs) technology, and that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of expectations that come with it, but as a kind of fundamental pillar of the role, I don't think that's always appreciated, and I'm glad you said that. And be on the the flip side of that, now you've been doing this for a couple years, the hardest part or the least favorite thing about it. Yeah, the least favorite, oh gosh. Um, So sometimes... Um, because every person has a very, I would say, a very different belief in, in the system or to say how to implement a system because there are mm-hmm. so many alternatives, right? Uh, sometimes when you talk with customers, even though you think it's reasonable, the rest of the team thinks they're reasonable, but someone might be more sticking towards the belief he or she has. Uh, and at that time, it's just a little bit frustration. It was like, what can I do with this person? You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you, you try to pitch all the way in. Uh, however, uh, as a result, he would prefer the way that he believes has been working for ten or twenty years, which might not be the modernized way. And uh, you'll feel a little bit disappointed because there might be a more cost-optimized way, right, or to be more performance way. Uh, but but the result is that uh, they would like to go that way because they have been like that for a while. So it's still a lot a lot of I would say business skills regarding towards how you can help them and also change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it just might not work. And it, it's a little bit frustration at those times, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'd say that very big part of the, the job is building those soft skills, right? Customer facing yeah. skills and uh, really empathy and understanding how you, how you bring the message that might make sense to everyone. Right. Cause it's more than just kind of opening a PowerPoint and going through a deck or yeah. right porting, right? <laughs> there is a yeah. lot in stake because you so like there's gonna be people like you, uh, Haley, that is just born in the cloud. Everything is you know is a touch. And there's gonna be people like Mike. No, just kidding, Mike. Oh, yeah, no. It's a re- recurring theme, by the way. There's always a joke about uh, vast experience, otherwise known as age. <laughs> no, just kidding. Mike, Mike is pretty technological. So, but there are going to be people that's, you know, they, they learn, you know, we learn, we learn things and we kind of know that and we, we stick to that. So, and it, you have to kind of be understanding of that as well, right? And uh, yeah. understand how, how are, how are everyone thinking to try to, to make sure yeah, you deliver if... the message. Yeah, and I think it's also it feels so good at the moment that they're aligning with you. So, so like, like uh, basically, you you know they know your story, you know their story. Kind of you're working as a team together with the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's the best feeling ever. Uh, if if you go over that kind of uh, difficulties and 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 then be be communicating together. So so I think a lot of times, uh, like me myself as a new join, uh, like a newbie, we. Like I might not realize that uh, oh soft skill might be a very very critical part or even more than the technology part mm-hmm. uh, in, in the technical sales roles. Uh, and as I grow, I feel like that's becoming more and more important. I feel like all the kind of executives have been pushing forward to uh, say oh we need to look into soft skills, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't really know how, what aspects you want to grow until you actually are stepped into the like kind of the role itself and also um, the industry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so so for any of the kind of the university students who are developing their soft skills, don't feel like, 
oh, I need to get rid of that after I become a software engineer, after I become a, like a technical aspects people, because mm-hmm. you're still working in a team, you're still working with people. So it, it's definitely going to be helpful. Awesome. Yeah, that path, if you, you know, it's being the person who ignores all that and thinks, you know, that their technical acumen is going to get them by, is going to find themselves very quickly, you know, in a dark cubicle wondering why everyone else is moving up around them. And I say that not trying to be funny, like that's reality. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, maybe you've been doing this for a couple of years now. What are your customers talking about? What are the big themes that are sort of prevalent in the data space among people you're speaking to these days? Um, so a few will be first is uh, definitely how to build the analytical, analytical platform in the cloud. Um, so coming along with Azure, that, that's a lot regarding, for example, uh, Synapse itself uh, was kind of uh, the, the way of how you're ingesting the data how you massage the data, how you deliver the data, or to say, uh, like present the data itself. So that's a lot of that's a common path that we've seen uh, in the cloud that people are discussing about. Um, and also, other two rising areas uh, in Canada as well is one is uh, kind of more of modernizing the application. Um, so on our side, it will be working a lot with the app team as well to to increase the kind of app plus NoSQL discussion. Uh, that that can kind kind of help with the customer of making their uh, applications more efficient or faster. Mm-hmm. And third part is data governance. Uh, we recently announced a public preview of Purview, and I feel like it drives a lot of discussion. <laughs> so so people are really excited about this, but at the same time they want more features about it, right? So so he's kind of like discussing about this, the roadmap, etc. I, I I found these three are kind of the major top discussions I've been having with different customers. I think we're going to maybe do this again in a couple of weeks. We're going to double click on that uh, SQL and NoSQL and the, I'll say, relative modernness, if that's even an adjective of either, because I think that's an incredibly interesting and rich topic that people might want to hear about, you know, what people like us are seeing in the field with respect to the use of those different technologies. So if you're willing to join us again, that might be a fun topic, because I think there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, for sure. Happy, happy to join. Yeah, and and you are part of a program, right? Like uh, to talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're part of a, what's called inside the program in Microsoft. So it's a program that allows you to to go through with the product product teams to be a really expert. In your case, it's a NoSQL uh, path that that you've been through, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, inside the program is kind of like the major goal of it is to speed up uh, or ramp up um, the kind of uh, local CSAs uh, mm-hmm. to, to have deeper knowledge or more understanding about the roadmap of the products with the product group and also the global black belt team. Mm-hmm. Uh, GBB team is a very <laughs> a mysterious team in, in, in Microsoft. Think of them as a very strong uh, technology expertise into, into a specific area. Um, so a, a lot of times, they, they helps a lot with the implementation idea ideas of like the architecturing with the customers. Uh, now with the Inside programs, um, that Microsoft tries to ramp up CSA to be the same level of like the technology understanding of very specific products, mm-hmm. so that um, this can span further, so that everyone has better knowledge regarding, for example, uh, Cosmos DB, which is a NoSQL DB in Azure. 
And how's the relationship with engineering? I mean, there was a, gosh, there's, if you Google them, there's these famous pictures of the different organizational charts at different tech companies. And I'll say historically, and this even predates my time at Microsoft, the relationship between engineering and the field was somewhat fractured. So if anyone has ever seen that picture, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I know we've made, and especially under Satya Nadella's leadership, real strides to rectify that. So would you say that you're getting a lot of really good and meaningful support from engineering and product these days? Sounds like you are, but. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. It's like uh, they can jump on a call with some with me quick sync um, if I need it. And I was recently looking more into a course of saying the product design. And a very interesting principle is actually to bring the service designer, uh, no matter it's UI design or to say feature designer, uh, mm -hmm. closely with the with the with the engineering team. So usually. Um, in the old past, or to say a long time ago, it might be um, we finished developing something and the designer is thinking about the, the kind of the like the front end or to say uh, who the customer are using it. Uh, but now uh, people realize that this is a agile process, right? It's like you keep getting the customer feedback, you keep uh, like enhancing the features to making sure the service is what your customer really wants. Um, so I think what's not only inside our programs and also we have the what is it called uh, one list uh, one ask uh, yep. feedback right uh, so so we we send this feedback directly to the engineering team so that they can they can know what the customer really wants and they can dive into the next steps well, it's like if you go to ideas.powerbi.com right that's it seems mm -hmm. like just some random message board but you actually read the names of a lot of the posters and these are people from you know engineering who are commenting on customer features giving updates on you know, what's coming down the pipeline. So it's actually a really, really important observation for customers out there is, you know, the way we give feedback in the cloud, given the much shorter development cycles, because again, you know, before you two were probably even born, when you bought this stuff, it was like coming on a CD. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like you, you get the CD and you've got that thing for like three or four years until, you know, version, you know, 2000 and whatever, 25 Mike, comes out. What's yeah. a CD? I'm not that young. I hope. I wish. I don't. I'm not that young. <laughs> I used to work. You can uh, do a little bit of an archaeological dig. I swear to you, they had Windows 3.1 floppies locked in safes around the country because that was part of their DR plan for a pretty mission critical piece of software. So, wow. <laughs> the stuff uh, I. It's one of the observations you made, Haley, and it's an important one is when you're coming out of school, you'll want, you know, well, what do you mean you don't have a bunch of microservices? Like, no, man, we got mainframes. Come on. <laughs> and that does change. Going to, going, uh, yes, you, you went into that. Uh, uh, Haley, I want to ask you, a, oh my gosh, that probably is a hard question, right? But I think we are here to, to kind of go through that. Uh, we only have, so when you look at our team, me and you, we are on the same team um, on the Kevins. Um, we have you and Sneha as the only two women, right? Only two female in the team. Uh, and also you are, as you mentioned, I think, well, you are from China, right? And uh -huh. I'm also from, from another country, but there's a lot of the, that in Brazil. So, oh, sorry, a lot of that in Canada coming from different countries. Um, number one, how, how do you feel that, you know, we can we can help more females getting to that profession? Like it's even hard, I think, to, to recruit and et cetera. Uh, for our data team, especially. Um, how do you feel coming from a different country into Canada? So there's a lot of questions in there. Uh, and kind of having to ramp up, of course, you went to university and that's great. But I think it's a big challenge, right? You were a young, young fellow coming coming um, to that and, and also going to going to into a company like Microsoft. Uh, have you ever like felt the, the kind of any sort of pressure 
or, or something like that. Like, how's your mind on that side? Uh, if if you <laughs> wanted to share, I'm going I'm going philosoph mm. philosophical here, but I think it's uh, <laughs> an interesting discussion. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a really good question, like for everyone to think about. Um, because it's not just a Microsoft. I think overall the technology industry is trying to add up that equality between men and uh, and female, right? And and I feel like uh, we are doing a good job um, on the overall, say, the company level, because I think the uh, last time when I see the stats, it's like 50-50. But, but if you dive into the technology areas, um, different teams have different kind of dynamics. And uh, and I feel like we probably need to promote a little bit more regarding uh, what does technology sales means, what does uh, cloud solution architect means uh, in different universities, um, because that equality will only be reached if the younger generation than than us can can realize the importance of it, can realize that no matter if you are man or female, you can do the same thing, and also you can achieve the same uh, accomplishments. So it's kind of like an education we need to push down, mm -hmm. because I, I definitely agree that in in the I would say like 20 years back, um, it, it's a lot of more of the uh, like I would say more more men uh, mm -hmm. in, into the data areas like DBAs etc. I can see that pattern um, slowly getting as more females coming in uh, in the future. So it's just kind of like the future pipeline. We can, we need to kind of get more females into the row who are mm -hmm. interested in that. And knowing that there there were a lot of like saying uh, females who did awesome jobs, it's not going to be a men dominant industry, right? So so yeah. that that's going to be kind of I would say uh, I can think of what is like a long term um, of of how we are kind of changing this industry together. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found that a lot of times that uh, we have those kind of conference, uh, say women in technology and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I really love those. Um, they share about their stories, they share how they get there, and also they share what uh, the younger generations can do, right? Yeah. So it, it's just going to be, we need more of those. We need more people to speak up, and, and not just like women, like also, like I, I believe, like male as well, because it, it's all together we're creating this dynamic and, and, and this team um, mm -hmm. that will work better together. Um, regardless of the gender, regardless of where country you're coming from, uh, it's it's more about the brain and how yeah. innovative you are, uh, because that's how our team can really like work awesomely. That's just my thinking. Yeah, no, that's that's great, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100% with you. I agree 100%, and your your perspective is super important, definitely. I was at an internal conference, and I remember a very distinguished speaker from within Microsoft, and he he made the point, you know, when you make software that's used by you know, in some sense, everyone in the world, you need your people and your team to reflect that, right? Yeah, and I think we have a, a um, accessibility um, team, and I once um, heard a really good pitch regarding that. When you target your product to everyone um, mm -hmm. and target for products for accessibility groups as well, you'll figure out that in the future, this feature will be liked by everyone. Yeah. Um, like like this is how like uh, the, the the keyboard comes along. This is how a lot of the technology in the history comes along. Um, so it's only when in, in order to create those products that target a specific group, um, 
first you need to have a person from from different groups right so so this is why having that team of uh, different backgrounds is really important i think the com like companies nowadays are realizing that yeah that's a good one now let's let's bring ricardo someday to talk about that as well ricardo is a yes. the accessibility lead for, yes, for and he's awesome. he's from brazil as well just being proud of being from brazil oh my gosh no no, just awesome. no but yeah that's definitely definitely a good point of view like you have to kind of have in mind everyone right when you're building some uh those uh those 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 products and experience overall right mm -hmm. um that's great no i think it's it's um it's great where do we go now? I think it was a deep, you know, this deep last question here. Uh, <laughs> Maybe give you, you know, give you the floor, Haley, at the last you know, moment, if there's anyone listening, what would you want to tell them about being cloud solution architect? Yeah, actually, yeah, kind of more of, um, would like to talk more for, for, I guess, the students who are a little bit, I guess, desperate during this pandemic time if they're graduating. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's a hard time to find job, not only students, but also I, I, I believe people who wanted to get into a new role or uh, who are finding a job. I would say that Microsoft is keep expanding, like our cloud team is also expanding. Um, be confident in yourself and also be sure to do the actions. <laughs> a lot of people just say, oh, maybe that's too much for me. Like it's too far away from me. Like how can I be a cloud solution architect in Microsoft, right? Uh, it, it seems like, uh, like uh, too good. Um, so I was in that position. I like even the first time when I got my offer, I was like, wait, am I working for Microsoft? Like, so, <laughs> so that feeling is going to be real. Uh, however, like you need to believe in yourself that uh, you can be there. And that's the first step that you need to click and send that resume that needs to be organized well and written well. Otherwise you're losing a chance for the HR because they only have five to 10 seconds to looking at your resumes. Um, so, so that's just my suggestions. Um, and uh, it's a very hard time uh, this year and also last year. Um, so, so definitely um, it, it, we are gonna go through it and uh, really looking for everyone's good news uh, to be in a, like a great job that they like and hopefully cloud solution architect job growth. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I still remember that first feeling when I got the Microsoft offer. Sometimes sometimes I still don't believe I work here. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, first Microsoft reached out to me and, and they offered me a job. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel well, it's called imposter syndrome when it's real, right? I mean, I remember I looked at the job requirements and I mean, you know, I was relatively advanced in my career, but I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I don't have these skills. I've never done this stuff. And the people are like, no, 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 trust me. We're looking for something different. And it's just, you have to kind of convince yourself that you belong, right? And you do, you come in yeah. and you thrive, right? It's, I've not done badly here by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, having that level of, it's always, you know, it's, you, separating between kind of being arrogant and being confident is always hard, but there's nothing wrong with being confident, right? There's nothing wrong with believing you can do this because you can. Uh -huh. That's true. And, and not to say, Mike, um, I think I ramp up a lot by listening to your MTC sessions. Uh -oh. So <laughs> uh, for everyone who's listening to this uh, podcast, uh, Mike is a very, very technical person and I love how he like presents. So <laughs> this is how another technique, like if you just joined Microsoft, wanted to ramp up, go to any MTC sessions because they're awesome. This podcast is going out to the hiring manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Great stuff, Haley.
thank you. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for, you know, participating you. with us. Uh, and it was very valuable. Hopefully, you know, everyone's going to get something out of uh, what you what you talk today. And definitely going to help someone out there. Uh-huh. This one's getting thank shared you. on the socials. There's a, there's a lot of good, uh, tons of insight in here. So we want to make sure people hear this. And certainly thank you for your time today. We genuinely appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me and uh, happy to have any follow-ups if there's any other topics you would like me to be part of. And uh, thank you so much for creating this podcast. I think it's very valuable for anyone who are interested in these areas. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you. I'll see you guys next week then. Yep. Take care. Be well. Talk soon.